another episode of Dad's Right. We can't call it weekly. No, I don't think we can. Uh, we might get back to weekly. Maybe turn it into a monthly. Uh, Bi-weekly? <laughs> What's every three weeks called? Tri-weekly. Tri-weekly? That sounds like three times a week. Well, bi-weekly sounds like twice a week. Yeah, but it isn't. No, it's not. December 28th. Yes, it is. Had a good Christmas. Was, uh, when did you fly in? On the 22nd. Was it? Probably. Yeah. Sounds right to me. Probably. But yeah, it was nice. We had uh, a smaller get-togethers, I guess, than normal, but uh, not okay. necessarily COVID-related. Just Were they? Probably not. No, we saw everybody. I mean, it, we did. The New Year's has been cancelled. Well, you're not going to be here anymore. Yeah, I didn't know that. New Year's cancelled. No more. It's going to be 2021 for Forever. Extra month. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's still 2020. Yeah. It's just, we're going into the, I think next year is the third week of Three Weeks of Latin Curve. That's, that's right. 2020, 2021, and 2022. Those yeah. are the three weeks. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, new variant. Did, was the new variant up and coming the last time we did a podcast? It might have been. It might have been, like, coming soon. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a previews. Seen, yeah, maybe seen the trailers, but it wasn't out yet. Yeah. Um, Omicron dominating. Uncle Murray said at uh, Christmas, and he's kind of right, not the worst. It, 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 you know, way more transmissible, but 50 to 70% less hospitalizations is better than way less transmissible but 50 to 70 percent more hospitalizations yeah and it's uh it becomes like other diseases that to be honest we don't keep track of yeah but the problem is it it i guess it mutates more like why i don't at some point i think the more people that get it the more likely it is to mutate but can't you say that with the flu or the cold as well yeah but it's less transmissible that's the point way Way more. I mean, COVID's always been way more transmissible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. For sure. Now this. Yeah. It's you're just more likely to get um, larger variants. I mean, that every flu is a variant. That's why there's a new flu shot every year. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there's more than one every year. Yeah, exactly. And the flu shot only protects you against one. Yeah. And they guess. They, they which one's going to be? Yeah, yeah. Which one's going to be the worst? I mean, it's an educated guess. Oh yeah. Because they're guess. educated people. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so Omicron's the new hot thing, and uh, uh, get your booster. I have to get my booster. I'm gonna schedule it when I'm back in Alberta. I'll tell you, I I I was humming and hawing, uh, but now I've decided I'm gonna do it, and I can't. I thought you already had your booster. No. Really? No, I can't. I told you Why? appointments aren't till like March or something. Oh. So sworn you had it. No, I do not. It's impossible to get a booster. Oh, well, I, I mean, listen, there are worse things to have. I have a, I have a news story about that somewhere in all my open tabs here, um, about an increased demand, an unexpected increased demand for... Uh... Boosters? Yeah. Well, this was what I was saying to you earlier. It's, it seems like more people are getting their booster than got their first and their second shot. Which is impossible. It is. Because if you're getting your booster before your second shot, you're getting your second shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that is. Yep. Yeah, yeah, specifically my news, it's uh, Alberta pharmacies overwhelmed by sudden demand for COVID boosters, rapid tests. Which is good. Uh, pardon me, hiccups. 
Before we go further, we should mention. Yes, we're doing some uh, day drinking. It's good. Christmas. So we have we have a the Santa delivered the kids some uh, Christmas alcohol, as he does. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, peppermint schnapps, yep. Kahlua, yep. and Wayne Gretzky's Canadian Cream. So what we're gonna do, well, over the course of the podcast, is we're gonna we we are, we that's what we're drinking right now. But we also have Bailey's Irish Cream, so we thought it might be interesting to compare. Uh, the Irish cream versus the Canadian cream, and I I really enjoy the Canadian cream drink. Yeah, it's I, quite I, tasty. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah. Also, going to compare the intelligibility of the beginning of the podcast versus the end of the podcast. <laughs> well, nothing's that. It's not that strong. The strongest thing is the schnapps at 27. percent It's not like it's three 40. It's not like it's three shots of tequila or anything. Yeah, that's true. It's more like a glass of wine. Sure, I don't drink wine. Wine's gross. Alcohol wise. Anyway, it's pretty tasty. It is. It's very A tasty. shot of each for those of you that want the recipe. It's not complicated. Right, yeah. We had it over ice in some lovely Tiffany, blue Tiffany um, tumblers. Oh, Tiffany. Yeah, it was my going away gift when Dominion uh, got rid of us. <laughs> Tossed you out with a crystal? Yeah, literally. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you got? Oh, you thought? go ahead. Oh. <coughs> was that a warning so I could stop it? <laughs> this is the best warning I could give. So I you didn't. can uh, edit that out later. Maybe? I didn't stop it. I don't do much editing anymore. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> people get the full Monty now. <laughs> it's probably good. It saves us from releasing, you know, November second on December sixteenth. Yeah, even <laughs> the last two were late. It took me a long time, sure. and all I have to do is copy and paste. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. Well, I'll start with uh, what I mentioned, I guess. Alberta pharmacies overwhelmed by sudden demand for COVID boosters and rapid tests. Which is good. Yeah, great. Um, I'm not that they're overwhelmed, but I'm glad people are signing up and getting them. The more people that For the boosters. Are they overwhelmed because of boosters or because of tests? Well, it says, it says boosters and tests, so I imagine it's at least 50-50. Uh, I hope so. Because the test is bad. If you, if you don't test if you're healthy. Yeah. Typically, you don't do a well, rapid test if you're healthy. Yeah, but you can get the test and it's not COVID. You get a sniffle. Yeah. You're paranoid. Yeah. Or even if you're not, but you, you like, see, I'm, I'm not feeling sick and I'll prove it. And yeah. Then, and then you Maybe. Go to work or something. Chewie's uh, eating as we do this, and his bowl is across the kitchen. And he's grabbing little pieces of kibble from his bowl and walking across the kitchen to Probably the Probably 15 the feet. Yeah, yeah, roughly. And he chews and swallows on the carpet. And then he goes back for more food, and then he goes back to the kitchen. It's a journey. Uh, he's leaving some kibble on the carpet. It's, it's, it gets your exercise in while you're eating. <laughs> the equivalent of having dinner on a treadmill or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because um, I'm in Alberta. Not right now, but that's where I'm sort of based. And... Uh, I was thinking about boosters as boosters were like sort of coming out. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I qualify for a booster yet. So I Google it. And it said, yeah, anyone 18 or older can get a booster. And I said, oh, I wonder how long that's been out. Because like I had not heard anything about this. Um, I was on the Alberta Health Services website. It's like, I haven't heard anything about this. I'm going to go check the news, see when this happened. 
so I googled sort of like it in the news and it had happened uh, 18 minutes ago <laughs> it was eight, announced 18 minutes ago so whoever's updating you felt a disturbance the, in the forest yeah, that made yeah. you look at it whoever's keeping the Alberta Health Services webpage up to date is doing a bang up job yeah. really well done um, yeah so, well I mean I think it's the same thing here I don't know about pharmacies but but everywhere you try to book you're looking at February at the earliest yeah. sometimes March which is crazy yeah do it better I, I think that the reason probably I, you know what I say it's good it's probably not so much more people are going for shots and stuff it's that for the first two shots they like did it like age groups get slowly getting younger and this is just dumped everybody and, and on at once like, everybody over 18 go yeah maybe and and you know um young people tend to be way less vaccine hesitant like i know all my friends like trigger happy when we were waiting just like every day refreshing the announcement like can we get it yet? can we get it yet can we get it yet can we get it yet and then like signing up like getting in line as soon as you hear and you waiting on online line for like hours put everything aside to get that uh get that vaccine yeah so it's the young people's fault yeah well sorry we want to look after you <laughs> um but sort of on that note uh in alberta the the ndp has been harping on the current government to uh, the UCP conservative government um, to be more open about their uh, response to COVID. Um, uh, they're keeping the response secret? The, well, like the reasoning behind the decision. Like when on June 1st, um, Jason Kenney came out and uh, said the worst of the pandemic is over and uh, removed almost all the restrictions in Alberta and says that he didn't need a contingency plan for the Delta variant because it wasn't going to be that bad. He was right. <laughs> he didn't need a contingency plan for the Delta variant. Yeah. Um, so that was July 1st, I said June, but uh, yeah, he announced that the pandemic was over June 1st, 2021. It's good to know. Yeah, I hadn't heard <laughs> Um, Somebody should tell COVID. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, and then, like, during the worst of it, during the worst of Delta, when it got really bad briefly before Omicron just blew it out of the water, um, both the health minister and Jason Kenney were on vacation um, and had left the education minister in charge, and they hadn't told anybody that. <laughs> so... We found out that the health minister was leading the province um, for most of July. The the public learns that in October. That seems like something you should like announce before you go anywhere. Yeah, probably. I mean, I guess if you're the health minister in the midst of a in the midst of a crisis, yeah, you should go. You, you should say, "Hey, I'm gonna be." I'm going to be out. We're leaving this person in charge. I have to say, the health, the premier, the health minister, and the education minister are probably the three least popular politicians in Alberta right now. Um, oh, wait one second. The other, uh, the other thing in Alberta, this is just more on the 
news. I've been the last podcast with beforehand that there was going to be a by-election for the uh, a provincial seat in Alberta because an MLA resigned and ran successfully for the Conservatives at the federal level. And that former Wild Rose leader, the Wild Rose being one of the predecessor parties of the current United Conservative Party, um, the sort of the right writer wing than the Alberta Progressive Conservative Party. Um, Brian Jean uh, helped found the UCP, lost the UCP leadership race to Jason Kenney, um, has been a vocal critic of Jason Kenney uh, from outside of the legislature for many a moon now. Um, a critic from the right wing. That's what's amazing about Jason Kenney is he's managed to piss off everybody. He's Both the right off. and the left. Yeah. And the center doesn't like him much either. No, nobody likes him. Um, incredible. I mean, it's shocking to me that he's managed to piss off the right so much when he is a right wing politician. Like he is gung ho, reform party, like quote unquote small government. One of the most prominent abortion critics and marriage equality critics this country's ever had. Um, and he's managed to piss off the right. So Brian Jean, yes, right wing politician as well. Just won the UCP nomination for this by-election. Uh-huh. Um, so he's going to be running as the UCP candidate to come in and criticize the government, basically, under the government's banner. Um, that should be fun. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. It'll be another pain. He is kind of already positioned to succeed Jason Kenney as leader of the UCP, and now being an MLA will be even more helpful to that. Yeah, it's, he can, sounds like that's going to happen. Yeah, I think it likely. Um, if not before the next election, certainly if the UCP loses the next election. Um, and Jason Kenney will be either resign or be forced out, and Brian Jean will take over. But it'll be interesting. There's also no guarantee that Brian Jean will win the seat. It was a UCP seat, but right now, the UCP is so unpopular that um, the seat is considered a toss-up between them and the NDP. Them and the NDP, and although it would not change any sort of balance of power, it's not like it's a close legislature right now. It would be a huge win for the NDP to pick up the first by-election, um, and also keep that guy out and keep Brian Jean out. Yeah, it would be a huge win for the NDP. They're they're going to campaign hard. Um, one of the first things Brian Jean did when he won the nomination was leave the riding and start campaigning in other parts of the province. That seems weird for a by-election. Yeah, it does. Uh, he's mostly see. Here's the thing: he's not campaigning for the riding; he's campaigning against Jason Kenney. Yeah, but first you need to win the riding. I think he thinks he has it in the bag mm-hmm. because it was considered a safe riding for so long. But right now, if the prediction is accurate, the NDP, if an election held today would be poised to win more seats than they won in 2015. Yeah. And Jason Kenney's seat itself is not safe. He is just so unpopular. Um, because he's bad at his job. There's a good reason he's unpopular. It's, it'll do it. Because he's bad at his job. Um, yeah. Of course, the other big news that happened very recently, just after Christmas, Bishop Desmond Tutu passed away. 90. Yeah, I saw that. Um, Nobel Peace Prize winning activists uh, fought against apartheid in South Africa um, uh, non-violently and, uh, and once that was a achieved 
you shifted to being a pro-LGBTQ rights activist, um, along with continuing to fight for racial justice. Not that racial justice has been achieved, but the apartheid is, is, is over in South Africa. Not that the issues are over in South Africa, but that one no, issue. The, uh, the apartheid regime, the, yeah. the actual physical, they do have their own problem. Um, but yeah, good life, 90, did a lot. Um, lost a great and, and good man, but um, you know, everybody has their time and, and died peacefully after a life of good work. Um, I didn't know this, he'd been diagnosed with prostate cancer in 1997. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Farewell. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Bishop. Anglican. I thought he was Catholic, but he's Anglican. Okay. Yeah. The opposite. Protestant. Very, yeah. He well, Anglican's not Protestant. It's the, it's a Catholic wing? It's like a mix. It's a mix. I, yeah, I thought it fell on the Protestant side, though. Maybe everything that's not Catholic. Maybe, maybe, maybe just as, like, not Catholic, it is Protestant-ish. Mm. Um, completely unrelated, Russia's Supreme Court orders the shutdown of the country's oldest and most renowned human rights um, organization. Which is funny. I'm not sure, like, how can you just say, yeah, you need to close... I well, know. I mean, because it, it, it's Russia. It's, yeah. it's, it's... <laughs> like, uh, Russia's Supreme Court ruled on Tuesday that one of the country's oldest and most prominent human rights organizations, given how Russia normally treats these things, oldest meaning like they're founded like a week or two ago? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know how old they are. Been around for a while. We're the oldest one. We were created on Thursday. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I'm sure that was a completely independent uh, decision. That was not at all influenced by the government in Russia. Well, I just don't. I think it's. I understand kind of why they do it, but I think it hurts them even more than having it around hurts them. Like, what harm does this act, this group, actually do to the government? Probably little to none. But but closing it down like sparks sort of worldwide outrage. Yeah, that's true. You're better off to just leave it. It's like, you know, a fly that swirls around your head or something. You know what I mean? You can't. That's why. You can flies. end up you can end up that's... smacking yourself in the head ten times before you get rid of the fly. Yeah, it was called Memorial. They were charged with creating a false image of the USSR as a terrorist state, whitewashes and rehabilitates Nazi criminals. Oh. That, uh, that's a big charge. I don't know what Nazis many, have to do with any of it. I can't. And also, most of them must be dead by now. Most of the Nazis? Yeah. I don't know. Mitch McConnell's kicking. I just mean actual Nazis. Members of the German National Socialist Party. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think. Or in Argentina. I believe... Uh, maybe Russia did whitewash some of them, but very possibly, but, you know. Yeah, it's a long time ago, I think. Not that they should get off the hook, but I'm just saying, is that really the biggest issue in Russia right now? 
No, no. The biggest issue in Russia right now is Ukraine. Um, I think we talked last time about Ukraine mounting pressure on Canada to fight for its entrance into NATO, and Russia is saying like, uh, well, if Ukraine joins NATO, we might have no choice but to intervene militarily. So be careful. And Russia is now pushing to hurry up with it. Like Ukraine's like, hurry up and decide and let us join. And now Russia is saying, hurry up and decide and don't let them join. Um, it is so like how I, you know, dictator lying, we know this, but Putin, I don't understand how he's playing off like if they let this country that we are not join a se defensive security pact we might be forced to attack. Like, literally, it doesn't affect Russia at all unless Russia's planning to invade Ukraine. Yeah. So I don't know how he's playing that off as, like, uh, U Ukraine joining NATO threatens us. No, he doesn't. I mean, he's not. Is he? I don't even think he's trying to. He just... But I mean, in his own country. Like, obviously, we all know. We all see. It's a veiled threat. And I don't think he's trying that hard to veil it. But, like, in Russia, I wonder how he's playing it down. Yeah, because people love him in Russia. Yeah, they do. It's crazy. Although less so recently. But still. Anyway, we'll see how that plays out. Tensions are certainly rising, and uh, I read a lot about it um, amongst just in the news. It's on and off all the time what the U.S. will do, what we'll do. It's tough. I mean, wars have been started over smaller things. No doubt. Like uh, shooting a guy in a carriage. Hmm. It's, uh, you know, it's long been compared to the Nazi invasion of Poland. So, we'll see. It's interesting. It's a tense situation. I, I, I hope that nothing will come of it. Um, I imagine that NATO will just continuously delay a decision until something cools down a bit. Likely. But, uh, I don't know, it's, you know, it, it, this is the tough part of politics, who's bluffing. Um, if NATO joined, or if Ukraine joined NATO, would Russia invade and risk going to war with every member of NATO? Like... And are you gonna... Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. If you let them in, you have to defend them. Otherwise, there's, Otherwise, there's no, no point in there's NATO. no point in NATO. Um, so is that what happens when two nuclear powers are at war for the first time in history? Or not like not just a proxy war. You know, the USSR and the US engage in proxy wars all the time, but like this would just be direct war. Or uh, is NATO willing to, you know, the the U.S. and NATO, the defenders of the free world and all that, are they willing to sacrifice Ukraine in an appeasement-style um, gesture to avoid a war? Yeah, well, we'll have to see. A part of me doesn't feel like... Uh, like, outside of nukes, you take nukes out of the equation, Russia can't beat the U.S., I don't know. Certainly can't beat NATO. Uh, there's a lot of people in Russia. There's a lot of people in Russia, but the U.S. Have you seen the military budgets? Yeah. Biden just 
just approved a massive military budget. Yeah. They have way more equipment. There's a lot of people. But a lot of it's not in Ukraine. Yeah, well, you get it to Ukraine. Yeah. It's war. It's a lot. You can see. I, I just, I don't think Russia, I don't think Russia could take the U.S. Um, you know, it's a lot of people, but it's not, it's less people than the U.S. In Russia? Yeah. Thought it was a bigger population than the U.S. The U.S. has the third largest population in the world. Russia has 144.1 million. The mm. U.S. has like 300 million. million. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot of land to cover with a third of the population. And uh, yeah, they can just go in through Alaska, which is the undefended side. And the problem would be if Russia persuaded China to join on their side. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I think you just let him into NATO. You gotta—he's pretty much a bully. You can't give in to bullies. Yeah, yeah. We tried the appeasement thing. We still ended up with World War Two. Might as well let him in early before Russia swoops in, uses all the resources to build up even stronger, right? Yeah, I agree. I think we should let him into NATO. In some good news, the James Webb Telescope, the world's most powerful telescope, blasts off into space yesterday. No, Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. It is the successor to the Hubble Telescope. It is going to use science. Hubble's somehow a cooler name. Sorry? Hubble's a better name. Yes. James Webb. It's named after the NASA administrator from the 60s or something. It is $10 billion um, to make. It has been delayed many times. Who's it? NASA? NASA with contributions from the EU Space Agency and the Canadian Space Agency. Um, it is going to look 13.7 billion years into the future. Is that what it says? That doesn't yes. seem right. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, i sorry. Can you tell me the lottery ticket number? 13.7 <laughs> billion years into the past. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I misspoke. <laughs> I think if it looks 13.7 billion years in the future, it wouldn't seem up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, into the past because, you know, light and yeah. stuff. Um, people are nervous, though, because when Hubble launched, the mirror was smudged, and so they had to send someone else to unsmudge it. <laughs> Some of that. But James Webb will be too far away to fix if anything goes wrong. So if something goes wrong with that $10 billion telescope How, uh, that uh, has had many things go wrong with it before it even launched into space, that's just $10 billion down the drain. How far is it? Um, where is it going to park? Uh, don't forget where we parked. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Keep talking while I look. I have nothing to say. <laughs> the question is, where is it going to park? Uh, oh, uh, hurdle towards uh, 101.6 million kilometers away. How long till it gets there? Um, I think Is the kids in the back saying, are we there yet? <laughs> I think it's going to be fully in place and stuff uh, within two weeks. What? That can't be right. Because it's not. then it's not too far away. You can go fix it. it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, wait, no, no. 
it feels sorry. like maybe if it's two years, yeah, okay, that's too far away. The mere segments should open up. Um, oh, sorry, the twelve days comes once it like with as it flies, it starts opening things and yeah. doing telescopy things, and that starts about twelve days in. Uh, I don't know if this says how long it takes. Um, yeah, Webb is too far away from for rescuing. Um, Um, shooting for 10 years operational. If engineers deliberately left the fuel tank accessible for a top-off by visiting spacecraft, if and when such technology becomes available. 10 years is all it's going to run for? Unless we can go refuel it, I guess. 10 billion, a billion dollars a year? Yeah, well, we spend more thing, spend more on less important stuff, I guess. Yeah, and you know, the it's a gamble, but the things you could learn yeah. might be worth a billion yeah. dollars a year. Yeah. Was it one of the, like, the Mars orbiter, one of the Mars landers or something, the early Mars landers or something like that? They shot it up and it missed Mars, and it's because some people were working in Imperial and some people were working in metric. Something like that, probably. Yeah. That's what my, one of my teachers okay, okay. always said that because they like units matter. Let's, let's, let's say it properly. Because most people were working in metric, and the Americans were working in Imperial. Well, no, I don't know if that's how it went. I mean, I think sometimes, like it, it, the uh, people do certain things in in whatever, right? What? <laughs> Some things like like for I just mean like like. Like uh, when you're building a house, people buy two by fours. Oh yes, but uh, when like, you're, I think scientists still say, work in metric. Yeah, but I think most part. scientists in the U.S. also work in metric. Scientists. Mm. What somebody wasn't? I don't know who wasn't. Somebody wasn't. Probably the U.S. Um, anywho, back down on Earth, we're gonna go from space to the next best thing, Nova Scotia. Um. <laughs> just recently hit one million people for the first time ever seeing the second largest sort of like inter-provincial immigration uh, in the country last year right after British Columbia. So it's people leaving other provinces? Yeah, leaving other provinces. So staying within the country but leaving the provinces. Um, they got the second most inter-provincial immigrants um, after British Columbia, uh, most coming from Ontario. I believe it. Nova Scotia is a nice place. Full of nice people. Yeah. I was driving there once. I was trying to get out of a mall on a very busy street, and every stopped and just let me in. Oh, nice. Very weird. <laughs> yeah, they saw an increase of 4,678 people. That's not many. Um, I guess they were close to a million. <laughs> um, uh, oh, sorry. During the second quarter of the year. Uh, still um, only 20,000 a year. Less, if that's the most. But that, that's also just inter-provincial. Okay, other people out, just... Out, like, from other countries. Yeah, and that's the first place you come to, almost. Yeah. Depending on how you get here. Yeah, it's closest. Yeah. To, you know St. John's? Yes. Um, Newfoundland. Closer to Venice than it is to Vancouver. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, um, I wouldn't want to drive that way. No. <laughs> it's easier to drive to Vancouver. Um, yeah, and most of the, so most of those people moving from the province are uh, young people. The 
three largest age groups were 20 to 24, 25 to 29, and 30 to 34. Or how you could otherwise say that is 20 to 34, because <laughs> there are no gaps <laughs> in those three age groups. Really? It's, it's 35 age groups, 20 to 20, 21 to 21. Yes. 22, like, to... It's like we were talking about earlier with shoe sizes. Yes, because we went and we exchanged shoes, and um, soft mock is discriminatory. They don't cater to people with sized feet that fall into the half. Um, so We're going to protest? Yeah, exactly. We've got signs. I went in and was like, hey, do you have the 10 and a half? And they were like, mm, we only have full shoe sizes. <laughs> um, leave. So, exactly. You must leave. Get out. Uh, which is weird. It's weird. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you're a shoe store, but you don't do the half size. In that brand, that brand obviously just doesn't make it. Yeah, whatever brand well, it was. We'll see. I don't know, uh, but we we're also saying just double the amount of shoe sizes you have, yeah. and don't have half shoe sizes. Fair enough. <laughs> like, it just seems unnecessarily complicated. Um. Yeah. Uh, so good, Ontarian outflow. Who doesn't want to leave Ontario? That's fair. Um, they yeah they're going. So the Ontario population dropped. Uh, must have. Did it or was it just replaced by other people? The number of people coming from Ontario is especially high. Nine thousand nine hundred seventy people between the fourth quarter, um, of twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Almost ten thousand people. It's ten thousand out of what? How many people live here? Okay, well it's high for Nova Scotia. Yeah, I guess. And it's probably it's just a higher number than the rest, you know. For all we know, uh, Quebec was nine thousand nine hundred sixty nine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good for good for Nova Scotia. Halifax is doing especially well, apparently. Just nobody die. No, yeah, exactly. Keep it up. We hit a million. Ah, oh, somebody died. Never mind. <laughs> um, I wonder. Uh, maybe they'll become more important. Do they get an extra seat? <laughs> Nope, they have to wait. Only, what was it, Ontario, BC, and three in Alberta? And then Quebec and somebody else is losing one? Right. And Quebec's on an uproar about it? I don't know, anybody, the fact that um, Prince Edward Island has four seats, anybody can make a fuss about anything. Um, in other they news, have a seat for everyone on the province. Exactly. <laughs> Um, in other news, Nunavut and Ontario are now the only two jurisdictions within the country that haven't made a um, $10 a day child care deal with the federal government. Um, I don't know why Nunavut's holding out. Um, I don't know why anybody would hold out. I don't know why anyone's holding out either. A lot of, country, a lot of countries, a lot of provinces were holding out. Uh, Alberta was the most recent to give in. I'm shocked Alberta gave in before Ontario. What do you, what do you need to give in order to get the ten dollar a day? Um, I don't know. Like, what? Why wouldn't you say yes, please? <laughs> Thank you very much. I will take that free money. It must. Maybe. It must not be free. I think the provinces have to administer it. Yeah. And then, um, I'm gonna look it up. What do provinces? Ticket. The first thing is the first Google suggestion is what do provinces do? <laughs> Not much. 
Um, what do provinces have to give to get the $10 child care? I feel like maybe Alberta gave in because, um, because he's so, because Jason Kenney's so unpopular. That this will help, at yeah. least with the parent community. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ontario has not given the federal government a proposal on paper for how it would spend the $10.2 billion on offer for its share of a national child care program. Oh, so that's all. You just got to do some paperwork. <laughs> yeah. And they Ford, haven't been bothered to fill it out. Yeah, he's Doug Ford can't. Um, money is, of course, the major sticking point. Interviews of the provincial federal government responsible for child care show they have different definition of what's fair for Ontario. Our offer for child care is based on the number of families aged 0 to 12 in the province. Um, sorry, number of uh, children aged 0 to 12 in the province, said the federal minister. It's the same that we made. It's the same deal that we made to every province and territory across the country. Uh, Ontario said, we believe Ontario families deserve a larger investment from the federal government. We want to make sure Ontario families are not shortchanged. Uh, the province... They were given a term sheet. The province has not responded with an action plan. I think I think that... You need to have a plan for the money you're getting, and Ontario doesn't. Yeah, which seems fair to me. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's that much of an ask at all. Yeah, the federal minister said, we actually haven't received any numbers from the government of Ontario. I'm sure they did it, but the dog ate it. <laughs> Every other province has managed to send us an action plan from which we've been able to have negotiations, but quite frankly, we're still waiting for Ontario. Uh, I guess Ontario just feels like it deserves better than... $10 a day? Than what every other province is getting. Trudeau government says its funding will ultimately bring Ottawa to a sharing child care cost with the provinces of 50-50. In Ontario, they're not helping us with our spoiled reputation. Also, I love the uh, minister's response of, we believe you deserve better, so for now we're giving you nothing. We <laughs> believe you deserve either nothing or better than what the federal government gives. There's no in-between. No middle ground. Uh, the provincial officials say the proposed federal funding simply won't be enough to get the cost of child care in Ontario down to $10 a day. Well. That might be true. Could be, yeah. Um seems like maybe there are other things you could do there. For like fill out the action plan? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just can't figure it out. We haven't tried. It's a lot but... of pages. It's a lot of pages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really thick. Oh, you think it's so easy? You guys read this. <laughs> Doug Ford uh, Doug Ford needs to graduate high school first before he can He has people. He has... He, you know what? He's given as much thought and care into this as he did his platform in the last provincial election. <laughs> Which was also non-existent. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of lots of money, though, the federal government is expanding access to pandemic financial supports, um, largely for businesses. Is that um, the dog? She's, yeah, she's moaning it outside. Let me go look. Pause there. Um, yes. Mostly for so, businesses. Yes, the Canadian Worker Lockdown Benefit and the Local Lockdown Program. Um, 
They are expanding what they consider to be a lockdown um, so that if they're facing capacity limits, they will get sort of like refunded. Everybody has capacity limits, don't they? Not across the country. Um, I don't think, but um, but I think it also has to do with how much your capacity limit is. Like, if you're limited to fifty percent capacity, you'll get fifty percent of like expected earnings or whatever. Okay. Thirty, thirty. Um, uh, the uh, it also means more Canadians are now able to take advantage of the three hundred dollar per week program. Um, I don't know what doesn't say what the eligibility is for that, but uh, maybe worth looking into. And the expanded eligibility is expected to cost $4 billion, which looks like my, like my first thought was that that's a low number because like just the, the, the number of figures you see coming out of the federal government budget these days. Yeah, $4 billion doesn't seem like a lot to cover $300 a week. How much does it cost us so far? Well, a lot. And it's not yeah. four billion it's it's not four billion for another it's another four billion. Another four billion. No, no, I understand. It. But yeah, um only a if lot. it only lasts a few weeks. Yeah. It it has cost us much, much money. Yeah. Um and you know, I I I don't like seeing the um the criticism that Justin Trudeau has added more to the deficit than any other prime minister, which is just, it's a fact. But it's not a fair... But it's not a fair yeah, fact. Yeah. Like... Anybody like, in power over this pandemic would have been the most, even if they did a little bit less. Yeah, exactly. It's like before... Before um, Trudeau, it was Harper because of the financial crisis. And I shouldn't say it's not a fair fact. Facts are neither fair or not. They're facts. But when you just criticize in lack context, it's not a fair criticism. Yeah. It's, yeah, the conservatives could have been government, they could have done less, they would have spent a lot less. Um, maybe. I'm, I'm not even convinced they would have, but they might have. And they would have been... The most. Yeah. And to be fair, the liberals would criticize them for it. Probably. Uh, <laughs> uh, the liberals may have criticized them for not doing enough. Possibly. If they did less. In this yeah. what if universe, and I'll tell you if if the Conservative been elected in two thousand nineteen to a minority government and had called an election like Trudeau did and had spent less, they would not have won the twenty twenty one election. Justin Trudeau won the twenty twenty election, twenty twenty one election because of what he spent. Hell yeah, yeah, it was a purchased election, <laughs> but it was necessary. Oh yeah, I I. I I don't think. I'm sure it could have been spent better. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I don't think too much money. I haven't seen too much where I've looked at and thought you don't need to spend that. Yeah, the you know, and also you can get it back if it was unduly doled out. Yes, you can. Um, and you know who doesn't care that you can? The Ontario provincial government. Who, it recently revealed in an uh, Auditor General's report, um, gave over $210 million in provincial supports to businesses that weren't eligible for pandemic relief programs. And more than that, the government learned that they gave that and did nothing to get it back. Well, maybe they'll just get it back at tax time. 
feel like it wouldn't make it to an under general's report report if the plan was to get it back at tax time. I don't know. Maybe. Depends who the Auditor General works for. One one such program was the Ontario Small Business Support Grant, which the audit found lacked controls to weed out ineligible applications. That meant $210 million went to 14,500 ineligible recipients, which the province isn't trying to recover, and another $6 million that are still being investigated. Half the businesses that received grants got more money than they actually lost in revenue, to a total difference of about $714 million, because the minimum grant was $10,000. The province also paid $16 million in property tax and energy rebates to more than 3,000 ineligible businesses. Jeez, I guess I should have applied for that if they weren't gonna, <laughs> if I knew they weren't going to want it back. Uh, fiscal hawk Doug Ford. Um, uh, maybe losing his conservative credentials. Actually, no, I think this is just just like the Conservative Party. In one case, a $1.8 million contract with that program went to a business that went bankrupt within eight months. In two instances, the audit found the economic development industry did not identify a potential conflict of interest, including when the CEO of a company that received $2.5 million was part of the COVID-19 vaccine task force. Payout of COVID-19 business relief funds haven't been tracked centrally. So the province doesn't know how effective programs were at helping people or if the money went to intended recipients. That's not great. It's not not great at all. It, but again, what are you expecting from the man who didn't release a platform when he ran worked. for office? So I mean, it worked. So why would he, why would he change? <laughs> stick to what you know. I'll stick to what I know, but winging it. Yeah. Winging it. And that's what you want from your provincial government. Yeah. Any level of government, really. You want them to just wing it. Yeah. yeah I'll figure it out, I'm Let's sure. see how it goes. <laughs> we'll play it by ear. <laughs> It'll be fine, I'm sure. Um, yeah, Finance Minister Peter Bethel Falvey, uh, Finance Minister Pete, said the government won't try to recoup most of the $210 million that went to ineligible recipients because he thinks most people applied in good faith, with the exception of some potential bad actors. It doesn't matter if they apply. I'm not saying send them to jail or charge yeah. them interest. Just get, just get the, the money, money back yeah. that wasn't that they weren't eligible yeah. for. You need to find I was to my com- at the time. I had a company. It wasn't eligible, so I didn't apply. Had I known I could have got it yeah. and never had to pay it back, <laughs> I would have applied. Uh, the NGP leader Andre Horvath criticized the government. The leader of the opposition criticized the government. Breaking news. Yeah. Um, saying that they, saying that their argument that they were rushed to create the program, um, noting that it was developed last December, several months after the pandemic was declared. They dragged their feet. They dragged their feet. How much Ontario, did they? I mean, how much did? How much was the program? How much total money did they give out? Because if it was billions, two hundred ten million, it's not all that, that much. If it was five hundred well, million. 210 million is a lot. 210 million total that they could just get back. It was um, more than that. Uh, 6 million payments still being investigated. 714 million um, that uh, was given out because people got more. Like they were eligible for some, but they got more than they were eligible for. Right. 
So already we've broken um, a billion. Yeah, or we're close to it anyway. Uh, so, oh, pandemic progress for businesses totaled eleven point two billion, uh, which was a third of the total. So one eleventh, I guess, isn't a ton. But I also do. Plus, think... also the overpayments aren't as bad as the yeah complete screw ups, which is only two hundred million of eleven billion. It's not that bad. I, it's not that bad, but with all the necessary debt we're going into, I feel like we should be scraping for every. Yeah, no, I, and I think you get it back. Like, yeah. take, get it back at tax time or whatever. But I mean, that's. I mean, that's not that bad, really. No, I, I agree. I just don't know why they're not trying to get it back. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the that's the worst part for me. Ontario Green leader Mike Schreiner said it's frustrating to see so much money go out in overpayments and to ineligible recipients when others asking for help for I need it for out. my party. Sorry. When <laughs> I need it for my party so that somebody will have heard of me. <laughs> he got his moment. He got his 15 minutes of fame when he was elected. Did he? Yeah, it was the first Ontario MPP from the Green Party. First um, right. uh, provincial from outside of the coasts. Um, Still didn't remember his name. It's Mike. Little Mikey Schreiner. Um, here's an annoying headline. Liberals delay new regulations to lower price of medicines in Canada. I feel like during a pandemic, you should get those regulations out there so that people who need medicine, who maybe can't work, can get medicine. Yeah, I, I mean, it depends. I don't know what medicines are talking about. Certain things certainly should be less, like insulin. Health Minister. Sorry, interrupted by Sirius XM. Go ahead. Not a plug. <laughs> Health Minister Jean-Yves Duclos, I wonder where he's from, has put a six-month pause on new regulations designed to lower the cost of patented medicines in Canada. Health Canada first announced in 2019 that the Patented Medicine Prices Review Board, or the PMPRB, if you want to save time, would change how it sets a price cap on medicines in Canada in an effort to lower excessively expensive drug costs. This will be the fourth delay in implementing those changes. They're supposed to come into effect at the beginning of January, but have been pushed back to July 1st. Duclos said the newest delay will allow the industry, government, and other players in the drug distribution system to focus efforts on fighting the pandemic. I feel like that's a bad excuse. Uh, yeah, although you don't want a new law to... Uh, you know, restrict your access to the vaccines. If all of a sudden they can, if they have a million vaccines to go somewhere and one place they're allowed to charge 10% of what they're allowed to charge in another place, where do you think they're going to send them? Yeah. That's true. What were the excuses for the first three delays? Well, 2019. 2019 maybe had a legit excuse, but 2020, March 2020 was the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. Health Canada expects the amendments would save Canadians billions of dollars on patented drugs. 
A delay also allows the government to further engage stakeholders on the application of these amendments within the changing pharmaceutical landscape. Um, don't consult the people who stand to profit from high drug prices on how to lower drug prices, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I think you definitely want them in the loop. Obviously, you need to have a little bit of buy-in as much as they're going to bristle at it. It'll go a lot smoother if you've talked to them and have them at least, you know, forewarned. Yeah. Uh, shocking. Federal NDP were not happy to see more delays. Uh, Canadian families are struggling to make ends meet, and prices are rising for everything. Provinces are seeing record numbers of COVID-19 cases, and the government is announcing they won't do anything to make prescription drugs more affordable for people. NDP health critic Don Davies said in a statement. Davies said it was... Davies said is was. Did he? That's... It's not a sentence, Global News. Oh, sorry, CTV. Sorry, Global. Um... Davies said probably it was supremely cynical to make the announcement on December 23rd as people are busy getting ready for Christmas and trying to cope with the latest wave of the pandemic. Um, I, I, I tend to agree with the NDP on this. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's supremely cynical to announce it before Christmas. I would. I want the government to announce things when they make the decision, not delay it until after Christmas to be like, by the way, we made this decision six days ago. It depends... Uh, when they made the decision. That's true. Did they make it on the 23rd or did they make it on the 18th? And yeah. And waited till the 23rd that's to true. say it. Yeah, that's fair. So it depends. It does. But yeah, obviously, if they've made a decision, that's the day you say it. Yeah, I agree. Or the next day to get your uh, verbiage right and not have weird sentences like it was. <laughs> Davies says is was. Is was. <laughs> that, that, that article could have come out a day later. Yeah. Or even, you know, 10 minutes later. (laughs) Give it one more perusal. See if there's any letters that swapped around. Um, But speaking of the government, a Liberal MP has been censured by his party's chief whip for defying advice not to travel out of the country unless the trip is essential. Chief Government Whip Stephen McKinnon issued a statement Wednesday saying he is profoundly disappointed that Liberal MP Eves Rebilliard traveled outside Canada in contravention of party instructions. The whip says Liberal MPs were told to avoid non-essential international travel as the COVID-19 Omicron variant increases its grip. Were they on break? Uh, yes. Yeah, and... But the party said don't do it. So? Okay, well here... Okay. They were on the break from the House of Commons, but I would argue... When you're an elected MP, you're never on break. Well, no, people get vacation. Yeah, but you can take vacation inside the country. No, but you don't. Want, it's, it's not. It's not. You. You don't want people to travel outside the country or the government. Make it against the law. Otherwise, you. You know, people that are on their own time get to go where they want to. Yeah, I mean, he's not being removed from the party. He's not being kicked out of being an MP or anything. This, the party said. Don't do this or you'll get in trouble. And he's being sent to his room with no dinner. He's, uh, he's being removed from his duties as member of the Standing Committee on National Defense. Right. Yeah, so that's Which, being sent to your room with a yeah, dinner. Exactly. Um, 
So, I get, yeah, that's kind of light punishment. He gets his dinner later. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. No, you're right. If you think it's a bad idea, make it against the law. I mean, I, I, I think it was a bad choice, but I don't know if you can so much punish him for it. Good news. Um, I don't know if this happened since our last podcast, because that was so long ago. But um, we finally passed a ban on conversion therapy, something that the liberals um, introduced in... Um, that the NDP has been calling for for decades, um, that the liberals introduced in the 2021 20, session before the election, um, and then called an election, causing the bill to die, um, and now came back and passed, talking about how important it was to them. Um, about the bill they killed by calling an election to get a majority government. Um, but anyway, they managed to pass it. Um, it's been uh, given royal assent, and it will come into effect. Did I say what it was, the conversion therapy bill? Yep, yeah, it did. Good. That's good. I was worried I forgot in my facetiousness, facetiousness. Um It's going to come into effect January 7th. I don't know why... Like, I get there's by some delay in, in a law coming into effect because you want to give people time to come into compliance with the law before they're doing something illegal. But I feel like it was like given royal assent a week ago, a week and a half ago. I don't know why it needed three weeks. Yeah, plus this is, I mean, it also feels like something that it, it could happen pretty much the next day. It's not, it's not uh, oh, by the way, uh, jaywalking, you now go to jail. Like, it's not like something where uh it needs some time to to start like you don't want to, oh 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 it's changing oh we got to get these people in before it changes yeah you know what i mean like yeah. let's just stop it now yeah you know edmonton has some of the highest fines in canada for jaywalking oh yeah i did not 250 bucks that's crazy uh, i don't <laughs> even feel like jaywalking should be a thing i agree if there's no cars cross yeah who cares just don't get hit um it's higher i think halifax i think halifax is the highest with 500 dollars. what yeah i I think i sorry i think it's halifax the highest is 500 and people are moving to halifax (laughs) do they know this before they move there probably not people from ontario are going to be jaywalking and then all the people from Halifax are like, don't, 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 man. Don't do <laughs> what? I'm just crossing the street. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, it's like $50 in Ontario, is right? Something, yeah. It's not much. Um, yeah, it's insane. It's insane. $250 is crazy. Like, <laughs> it's brutal. So you don't jaywalk, I'm guessing, while you're there. No, I don't jaywalk. You shouldn't. 250 bucks. <laughs> They're gonna. The cops gonna stop you for two hundred fifty bucks. That's worth his time. I'm very careful about jaywalking. Listen, some of those. They don't stop you here because it's not worth the effort. Yeah. Some of those, though. Um... Ah, sorry, it's not Halifax. It's Montreal. Hmm. But they only wow. give that to English people. For French people, it's much less. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nobody can tell because everyone in Montreal is English. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of money. Halifax, that might be the lowest. 
I don't remember. I just remember Halifax being on the list when I was looking at the list. Mm-hmm. But yeah, crazy, crazy money. That's insane. Um, and then, lastly. Hold on a second. I'm gonna make next next drinks before we go on. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Now this one's with Bailey's. Yes, we moved on to the next. It looks drink. a little lighter. It smells similar. It does smell similar. It's not you. It is different. I actually might prefer the Canadian. Uh, Need to have some the Canadian. Sure. Like it's not bad. The whiskey. Yeah. The, or the Gretzky. The Gretzky in this particular drink. Hmm. It is a different. It is a slightly different taste. Yeah. Okay. So. Good. I, Still good. Yeah. Like don't don't not make it if you don't have the thing. It's still good with Bailey's. Although Nick, I think it'd also be good with two shots of the schnapps, a shot of Kahlua, a shot of cream. To make it more pepperminty. Yeah, or maybe two two schnapps, two Kahlua, one cream. Getting a heavy drink now. Just to make it a little bit less Bailey'sy. A little less thick. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I was uh, the five hundred dollars. I think is Montreal, but I was wrong. Nova Scotia passed a law in uh, a year, and that year is 2015. Um, December 7th, 2015, actually, so we just passed the anniversary of this law. Mm. That raised the jaywalking fine to $697.50. That's a weird number. It is. Just do 700 Yeah. And then also just do fifty. <laughs> take so just round up to seven hundred, and then take that seven hundred, make it like fifty. <laughs> That's insanely high. But so, but they and, don't ch- actually charge that. Because how can Montreal be the most if this no, one's seven hundred? Halifax is the most at seven hundred. Yeah, I thought I saw that five hundred was Montreal, and I thought okay. five hundred was the highest. No, Halifax or just old Nova Scotia right. is the most with basically seven. Nova Scotia barely has roads. Yeah, well, that's why. I mean, the cities have some roads, but once you get out of the cities, you're, it's fields and pastures. What are you jaywalking? Yeah. the At the time, the provincial transportation minister said raising the pedestrian fine is to uh, level equivalent with the highest fine for drivers and says it's the message that road safety is a shared responsibility. Um, uh, it's creating consistency between fines for drivers and pedestrians. But that fine is higher than the fine in Nova Scotia, or at least it was in 2015. I, I haven't read an update on this story. Um, but in 2015, that jaywalking fine was higher than the um, talking on your phone while driving fine. I don't agree that uh, as much as road safety is everyone's responsibility, I do think the more responsibility falls on drivers, and it should. The people in the giant death machines? Like, it should. <laughs> yes, I agree. If you step out in front of a car and get run over, that's on you. But most of the responsibility... like. If you're driving, you need a license to drive. You don't need a license to walk. Yeah. So this is a bad, bad, uh, well, uh, whatever. What, this is why I'm not moving. I don't care what the other 9,000 people are doing. <laughs> I'm not moving to Halifax. <laughs> going to Halifax. Um, anyway, my last story, um, it brings us back to Alberta. Well, you could say some people need a license to walk. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Um, my last story brings us back to Alberta where Jason Kenney's in trouble. Um, because 
he is being accused of a racist comment. He said in a press conference, who knows what the next variant that gets thrown up is? I don't know, said Kenny in an interview. And what's the next bat soup thing out of Wuhan? I don't know. And people are getting him in trouble. I don't think that's racist. I'm sorry. I think... Uh, he's, refer- he's referring to a specific incident that happened. I thought... Now here, I thought it was mostly... Um, disproved that it was a bat soup thing. Well, I don't know. I think, I think it was... I mean, if you believe uh, John Stewart, it's the it's the lab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could be. But uh, um, but either way, you know, he's just I don't I don't think he's he is referring to a specific event that actually happened. That might have happened, or whatever. He's referring to a specific event. He's not. I don't think it's. I don't and think. That's, that's, I don't see how that's racist. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I would say it's it's racist it is certainly uh in bad taste at a time when anti-race anti-asian racism is at a height because of this i don't think comments like that are necessary you can say what you're trying to say without making that comment um that just spurs Sort of places the blame the, on the uh, it, Asian it, communities. Yeah, people that lean that way, I guess maybe will take it to heart as that. But it's yeah I, on I, its I, on its I, merit. I don't think it's I, racist. Yeah, I think it was maybe irresponsible. Um, I could hear an argument for offensive at these times. Um, I don't think he should have said it. Um, it's definitely something that. Well, I think we've established he's an idiot. Yes, he is. So. Um, but uh, um, it's just, I don't know, but also, you know, the Asian community is coming out and saying it's racist, and I don't like telling communities what is or isn't racist against them. Is um, it conservative Asians that are saying it's racist, or I don't liberal know. Asians? I don't I know. Just, everybody has an agenda. I, I don't, and I, I mean, there's definitely things that are racist. I'm not sure that is. Yeah. Um, the press secretary said, it is obviously ridiculous to suggest that these widely reported scientific theories are racist. I don't know if it's a scientific theory. The premier's comment obviously referred to the widely reported theory that the first human infection of COVID-19 resulted from transmission between an infected bat and a human in the Wuhan regions of China. Kind of what you said. Um, the premier, premier's comment underscored that there is no way to predict that the catalyst of a future pandemic will be or how future variants might evolve. I, I, yeah, we could have a discussion about whether or not it is technically racist. I think at the end of the day, it was a dangerous and unnecessary comment um, that sort of ignores the kind of social conditions that the world is in right now. And uh, continued and active comments like these from public officials uh, does kind of spur, and I would say to a lesser extent, if not, like, actually legitimize, make people feel more legitimized in anti-Asian racist activities. Maybe. Although it just happened to be this one was from Asia. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. And, and, and uh, if, it, if it was from somewhere else and he said the same thing, is it now, you know, I mean, if it came from Finland and it's because 
of something in the ice that they melted. You know what I mean? Like, and he said, well, who knows where the next Helsinki ice melting is going to be. Is that racist? Yeah. Uh, um, well, you can't be racist against a non-oppressed minority. Um, but either but if, way... If everybody it, suddenly hates Finland because of... It, because of releasing the next pandemic. I... It, I don't know. It's it's tricky. Um, but it was stupid. It was a stupid, stupid. And like you said, we've established that it's stupid. He's a stupid person. Um, my favorite part of this story, though, is that the premier... Um, or the press secretary to the premier also made mention of Kenny's hosting of two dinners earlier this year at Chinese restaurants in both Edmonton and Calgary. He can't be racist. He likes he chicken balls. Chinese restaurant once. He likes sweet and sour chicken balls. He's not racist. That's worse than a, I'm not racist. I have a black friend type of argument. Like, he can't be racist against Chinese people. He, he loves fried rice. Restaurant. That's funny. <laughs> twice. Not just once. Yeah. Twice. Oh, well, then we really know. That puts an end to that argument, really. Like, what are you talking about? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, that is not uh, definitive. Like, events designed to, quote, show solidarity with the Chinese community and to condemn racist sentiments directed to the Chinese community with respect to government and team. I'm going to stand up for the Chinese community. I'm going to go Go eat. to a Mandarin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that... that just don't do it. That's a stretch. That is an unrelated thing. Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh god, I gotta shut this story down. Uh, what's something he did? <laughs> <laughs> that's for the Asian community. Uh, uh, Went to Mandarin twice. Yeah. Okay, okay, let's work with that. That's it. We have anything else? No. Okay, we'll go with that. We're, we're, that we're back with the Mandarin. <laughs> oh my god, there's just so much. This this man should not be a press secretary. He would have been better. To say everything he said and not added that tag. Yeah, absolutely. Because the other parts, I think, is legitimate. I don't think stating a fact or whatever, a theory. Yeah, but then trying to, like, then defend but it. But that is, like, uh... that's more racist than the statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> next press conference he gives, he's going to find, like, like a, just a... An Asian man just standing beside <laughs> so, him. Yeah, yeah. Sire, this is my good friend. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Um, God, I hope he loses the next election. Yeah, I'm he excited. probably will. I'm excited for that by-election because it doesn't matter who wins, Jason Kenney loses. Fair enough. But he, don't you want Kenny to be in power on the next election? I do want Kenny to be in power on the next election. And I hope the NDP wins. Uh, outside of just the internal strife and uh, the fact that it would make Jenny, Jason Kenny's life more difficult if Brian Jean were elected. But I do want Kenny in power on the next election because um, if they got a new leader... They might get a, they might get a bolt of yeah. support. Uh, if it is Brian Jean, it might not make a difference. I mean, Albertans know Brian Jean. He ran for um, premier a few times under the Wild Rose Party. He, his party came in second when the NDP won um, the election. The yeah. Wild Rose Party. Brian Jean was leading the opposition for us. So Albertans know Brian Jean. Um, they didn't know Jason Kenney when he came in because uh, he lived in Ontario most of his life, and before that he was in Saskatchewan. So he was a fresh face coming into Lido, Alberta. 
the Saskatchewanian Ontarian. Um, but uh, so they might, if it's Brian Jean, it might not make much of a difference. Also because Brian Jean is sort of of the same political color as Jason Kenney. Yeah, but it gets rid of the scandal. It does. It's a good fresh face. So I don't know what would be better if if my, if between the two options of um, Jason Kenney gets removed now and Brian Jean takes over, or Jason Kenney gets removed close to an election and Brian Jean takes over. I don't know if it would be better for now for like the boost and then Brian Jean to prove that he's no better in the fall again, or if if he comes in and it's so close to an election that there's not enough time for the UCP to boost again, I don't know which of those is more likely. Yeah. Well, uh, apparently at a Cowboys game, a man in a blue Santa out- outfit put a man in a, another man in a headlock and would not let him go. Americans. <laughs> First of all, it's Dallas. What are you doing wearing a Santa outfit? It's hot. <laughs> Was it like a hat and a red speedo or something? No, it was a it so was a blue Santa. a blue full on blue Santa outfit. Plus, Santa oh, wears red. Yeah, I had a, I had a book. I don't know who got it for me when I was a kid. I had a book about Santa, and he wore a blue outfit. Really? Well, and then he went and met the baby Jesus, and the baby Jesus touched him, and his outfit turned red. What? <laughs> yep. Dude, I've never seen that book. I was—I haven't seen it since Tobermory. But uh, what was what? <laughs> Where did you get that book? I don't know. My—I don't know. Someone probably gifted it to me. Not us. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? I love that. That's um, hilarious. What was? What why? Was, why? I—I uh, I don't know. I gave him new magic powers. Baby Jesus gave Santa magic powers. That's how it happened. What was the Catholic Saint Nicholas doing around before the birth of Christ? I don't know. It's a crazy book. Crazy stuff. That is, um, Saint, that is a crazy book. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Continue. No, that's it. That's it. I um, thought it was funny. Yes. Americans, they're, you know what? If they didn't have the largest military budget in the world... They'd be a fun bunch of goofy people. <laughs> it'd be it'd be fun and not mortally terrifying to watch the goings on of their country. And then and then another sort of slow government proceedings. The January sixth committee is hoping to issue an interim report by the summer. Well, they're having some trouble getting people to come and testify. It was January sixth. But it wasn't created. It didn't create it until the election, I guess. Yeah. Well, that was after the election. Yeah, but the House Committee... Well, again, it was... This is arguably just more slow government moving, but I don't think the House Committee actually created it until um, a few months in. And then it was, uh, you know, uh, there was the drama around the Republican appointees where... Kevin McCarthy tried to appoint a whole bunch of pro-insurrectionist representatives and Nancy Pelosi like, no, they're not impartial enough. And then Kevin McCarthy was like, okay, then nobody. And Nancy Pelosi was like, okay. Okay, Okay, great. I think more will get done with less Republicans on it. So fine. Um, 
And there are actually two Republicans, Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, but they're like the two reasonable Republicans left. Yeah. And and then, like you were mentioning, Biden signed $768 billion defense bill. Yeah. It's a big budget. Which approved the biggest one. Billion? Uh, everything gets... Billion. Billion? Yeah. Yeah. I think... Um, I think the build back better thing, which is all the drama, that was the other like American news is the fact that Democratic, and I use the term Democratic loosely, Senator Joe Manchin said he wouldn't vote for the build back better, meaning it's going to fail. Um, he voted for that. The build back better. It's, that's still 10% of the build back better. Wasn't that $7 trillion? I th- Or maybe know. it's $1.5 trillion. That was in the trillions. They they reduced it a lot, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from like $4 trillion to $1.something trillion. Let me see this. I'm sure Build Back Better was in the trillions, which is stupid. I mean, we're going to have to start coming up with new numbers now because they spent so much money. <laughs> it's... Um, oh, $180 billion. Um... But like so much. It's not 180 billion. It was way more than that. 180 billion. On oh, 180 billion on research oh. and development. Yeah, I don't know why it just brought down to both. It's uh. It was in the trillions. But like, so the thing is, though, it's all stuff that America needs done. Yeah, it's not. It's just doing it all at once, which is which, tough. Which is tough. But one, also, all one, of it's only going to get more expensive. One point seven five trillion. One point two trillion bipartisan infrastructure investment. With some aspects going over one point seven five trillion Build Back Better Act. And I think they cut it to one point seven five trillion. Like I think yeah. Bernie wanted it around four. Yeah. Either way, like, I mean, right there, four trillion. Yeah. I mean, sure, maybe maybe chop it up into a few more acts, get them to pass what you can, but. None of this is getting cheaper. It all needs to get done. Might as well just do it. Yeah, nothing gets cheaper. Exactly. It's only going to cost more. So just do it. Just, and I, oh my God, this is, this is my biggest, more than the slow moving, more than the corruption, my biggest criticism of politics is just do it. Just stop pulling, stop doing. They don't do anything. Committee and committee and committee. Just build a subway. In, just build no, more but, subway in Toronto. It's not going to get easier or cheaper. Just build a high-speed rail in Canada. We're the only G7 country without one. It's not going to get easier or cheaper. Just do it now instead of when it absolutely must, absolutely right now has to be done the, 10 years down the line when it's five times more expensive. The issue more. is doing things costs you votes. Talking about doing things doesn't cost, gets you votes. I, I don't buy that. I think that if 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 you started if the mayor of Toronto got elected and immediately started on the plans to expand and update the subway system in Toronto and he negotiated a good because we're also we're terrible in Canada at negotiating uh, infrastructure contracts governments in general are terrible but we're worse here than you see it how it's in other countries they negotiate a good one that gets it done by the end of his term, which could be done if they just actually did it, he would get reelected in a landslide. Maybe. There's lots of... The problem is most things go over budget and over time. And then, and then you have... Uh, but it's not really in his control. 
And then you have uh, lots of uh, fodder for criticisms and getting spanked in the next election. But we've talked about it before. In construction, it's going to go longer than you thought? Okay. But you told me you could do it this time in this budget. So this is the budget you get. Yeah, well, I agree with that. I agree with that. This is the budget. Like, this is the budget. Now, okay, you do probably need some sort of pandemic. Uh, like, for example, the cost of lumber. If somebody... Like you'd, you'd put a company out of business. That's not what go, that's government is not in the business of putting companies out of business. Yeah. Right. So they, I mean, part of the, you need the infrastructure, but it also provides employment. Yes. So it's a, it's a, it is a, they do it for two reasons. So you can't necessarily hold them to the same sort of standards as you would a private industry, which is just doing it out of needs. Yeah. They don't care what happens to the other company. If they're, you know what I mean? Like, for example, if the cost of lumber increases tenfold, but they have a contract, they don't care that the other company is going to go bankrupt if they finish the contract. They just want it done. But the governments will care. They'll pay that extra. Yeah. So, because they don't want the company to fold. Yeah. Right? They want to keep the employment up in that. So, it's it's a bit difficult to negotiate quite as tough a contract but i do think tougher i do think you need to be a lot tougher than they are i think i think everybody as soon as they see that it's a government job automatically adds a zero yeah and i think they purposely underestimate how long it's in task oh yeah absolutely and then they just go extra and it's all extra money and over time yeah. and it balloons they, they do need a way better and and punitive things for going long i want legit estimates mm-hmm. also Though I, I think that if we had a government that actually did things that people need, some basic things that actually help people's lives, like a high-speed rail, I'm or not, like an expanded subway system, they could do a high-speed rail from Toronto to Montreal with a stop in Ottawa or something. Yeah, and then Edmonton to Calgary. Edmonton to Calgary, maybe you do things like that. You're like massively increasing people's employment opportunities. Yeah, high-speed rail Edmonton Calgary. You could be working in either city and living in the other one. Yeah. Yeah, if it's your sort of a half-hour commute. Yeah. People do that Yeah, all the time. The problem is it's it's a lot... There's, there's weather challenges that don't exist in other areas. Like high-speed rails uh, need, you know, they're millimeters uh, sort of tolerance. And metals expand and contract more than that when it gets to be minus 40. How long have we been a country? We haven't figured out how to build in the cold yet, well, how to do it. No, but look at roads. I mean, roads crack and they need to be refixed. I, yeah. It's, if you don't have the materials to do it, you don't have the materials to do it. It's difficult. There's, the weather up here presents challenges, is what I'm saying. Yes. So maybe you can, maybe that brings out an Edmonton to Calgary, but still, Toronto to Montreal. You could probably that. do a Mont- Toronto to Montreal. Yeah. I mean, it, you could also do like, Something in some sort of like heated dome or something that keeps yeah. it above zero or something yeah. like that. It, it increased the costs, obviously, but underground again increase the costs. But I think still. it's probably more expensive to go underground than build above ground. But yeah, either way, I think it would eventually pay for itself. Um, those types of investments, and I, but anyway, those types of things that actually affect people's lives. I think you're gonna you might lose some traditional voters, but you're gonna gain way more in people who wouldn't have otherwise voted 
Potentially. Yeah, absolutely. Because no, I, the, the, the amount of disenfranchised voters just don't vote because I feel like it doesn't matter. Show them that it does matter. Show them what you can do. Yeah, no, you have to. I agree. And, it, and, and I think the other thing is just do what you say you're going to do. Like platform on what you're going to do and then do it. Don't then, you know, study what... Like, for example, electoral reform in yeah. 2016. Yeah, 2015. 2015, yeah. yeah. You know, oh, we're going to do electoral reform. Then the study is like, ah, oh, we can't really do it. Because I realized it's not good for us. Yeah. Or, like, or I would say what happened in PEI and BC, where government campaigned on electoral reform, got in, held a referendum, referendum failed. Um, no, I'm going to campaign on electoral reform. If I win, there's a referendum. Yeah. That's a referendum. I, I got a mandate from the people to do and engage in electoral reform. I don't need a referendum. That's what a referendum is. It's a mandate from the people. I just got one. They know. I was open. I said I'm going to reform our electoral system. They heard me. They elected me. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. But people are scared of losing power. That's what, that's what all of this is. Yeah. It's, it's fear of, of not I, getting reelected. I would say, you know, what you got to do is hold on. Like the Alberta NDP did. They got elected. They did a bunch of things in four years. They lost the next election. But Rachel Notley held on, charted the course. Over the past four years of UCP government, people are realizing, oh, it was actually pretty good. Pretty good four years. And now they are polling at 53% to the UCP's 21%. Yeah. Like, I, I think I think you might, it might cost you the next election, but you hold on, you let some things actually take effect, you let the people see that the other parties are worse, you'll get back. A lot of times, though, it also depends on when you're governing as much as what happens. Well, Yes. Still, I just, I just stop talking about it. Just do it. Yeah, I'm with you there. Like electoral, electoral reform being the chief example, which the liberals first campaigned on in the 1920s. The, um, wasn't, weren't you talking about a seat in England? Oh, North Shropshire, I think it was called. That was crazy. Um, it was a, it was by-election. The Conservatives' government in England is um, wildly unpopular right now with COVID restrictions and hypocrisy, um, where like, they announced COVID restrictions and then had a Christmas party like the next day. Um, the Conservative Party itself, lots of scandals happening around the Conservative government. So there was a by-election in the seat of North Shropshire, or North Somershire, or Shrop something, I don't know, it was down there. Um, it was a Conservative seat, and the Conservatives had held it without interruption since the year 1837. It's a while ago. And it was a few years ago. And they lost it to the Liberal Democrats. Was it the same guy? It was not. <laughs> there were a few in there. The, the Conservatives have held it for 30 years longer than Canada was uh, the, its modern nation state. <laughs> they held it. They, they, since its formation, it didn't exist before 1837. They'd always held it. And now a Liberal Democrat won um, which is insane. It's crazy. First yeah. of all, that they've held a seat for that long. Yeah. My God. Like, I know you're an old country, but you'd think, you know, politics change, things move around or whatever. But maybe it's 
I mean, I think American politics is less so now, but maybe it's like American politics where it's hereditary. You just vote. I'm sure it is. Voted. Um, which it tends to be rurals or more rural areas are more conservative. Yeah, but still, for a, it's a lot of years, almost two hundred years. I wonder if there's any seat in Canada that's always gone one way. Um, we've changed our seats a lot. I've often looked into it. There are some. That have been around... Yeah, not seat, but like area. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, there are some that have been around for a long time. Um, Halifax is one of the oldest seats in the country. But I think it's shifted... Uh, I think most of the really old ones. I've tried to look this up before. Um, I, think it would, I think it would be like a western seat. I think they shift around. Yeah, I can see the east shifting around. Um... Basically on, yeah, like Halifax has been a seat, Halifax has been a seat since 1867. Um, uh, but uh, they've just, they, they, we shift around so much and like what our parties stand for shift around so much. Like, um, which like they've sort of, Less than Americans, but they've kind of like moved around on where they are in the political spectrum. So, much less than the Americans, which actually which, like which swapped. Changed. They swapped. They did a one eighty, <laughs> moved around entirely. Actually, I want to do that side. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you want? I'm kind of bored over here. You want to switch? <laughs> sure. Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Um, it's like a high school debate. You get the side of you know what I mean. Yeah, How can exactly. you all of a sudden just change like that? And now we're gonna mix it up. Um, yeah, you're right. It's probably. I'm sure there are seats out west, and even I mean, I'm sure there are seats across the country that have always been represented by one party, but they might have like started in like '97. Right. Like uh, n nothing in the hundreds of years. Yeah. Uh, just because things change around, and we we get way more new parties and stuff than the UK does. Like the rise and fall of social credit. Yeah. happened I think before the UK even got a new party hmm. they've had the Liberal Democrats, the Tories and the Labour for is there steeped in tradition yes they don't like change they do have a Green Party that wins like two three seats um, uh, they uh, but like that's like our Green Party. Like, they're there, but are they really? Oh, you know what else? Speaking of parties, Justin Trudeau turned 50 um, on Christmas Day. No way. Yes. Making him, and here's the kicker, making him the oldest federal party leader. <laughs> he's, old, he's, he's older than Aaron O'Toole. He is. Doesn't look it. Does not look older than Aaron O'Toole. He's older. Um... Sorry, I should say he's the oldest national party leader because technically the leader of the bloc is older by six years, but they're not a national party. Right. They're a Quebec party that somehow has seats in our national legislature. Yeah. Um, but of the Greens, NDP, Conservatives, Liberals, Justin Trudeau is the oldest leader. Aaron O'Toole, I think, is 47? Oh, he's close. Um, but he looks a solid decade older than Justin. Uh, he's 48. About to turn 49. So it's close. They're close. 
but uh, still looks considerably older than Justin Trudeau. But yeah. Apple has closed all its New York City stores uh, to shoppers as COVID-19 cases rise. And a couple, I mean, close their stores to shoppers? Who who else goes in? (laughs) Can browsers go in? (laughs) Do you want to buy something? No, come on in. (laughs) After you. Like, isn't that just closing your store? It just seems like a weird headline. It's closed yeah. to shop. The staff still comes in and works. They, they just, you know, stand in there. It's for looks, really. It could, it could be like uh, the one here for, for a while. You like, could take something to them and talk at them through the glass and then hand them your device. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what that means. But, but that's going to hurt sales, I would think. That might, might affect the bottom line. <laughs> Although if you have, if you're an Apple buyer, you probably do most stuff online anyway. Yeah, that's that's true. I got a, I got quite a few Amazon gift cards for Christmas. I don't like shopping on Amazon though. I feel like maybe next year I'm gonna say no Amazon gift cards. I'm gonna like give me like an Etsy gift card. Amazon's handy. Amazon's handy, but they're so terrible. They're so terrible to everybody. The tornado. You read about the tornado? Mm. Amazon made their workers in Kentucky, I think it was, stay working in the factory while there was a tornado going on outside and it trampled the factory, killed six of them, I think. All the distribution warehouses. Yeah, but maybe it killed more if they all left. <laughs> if they were, I think they should have had the right to go home to be with their loved ones once probably. that severe. Yeah, probably. Whether or not they would die there or at home. But I wouldn't have got my package the next day. <laughs> Don't think it was coming from Probably not. I think it was coming from one of the dystopian ones in Mexico. Have you seen those pictures? No. It's like a massive... So the picture like any Amazon warehouse you've seen. It's like that, surrounded by desolate ramshackle huts, sitting there pristine with a big blue smile, looking over a desperate Mexican village. That's it funny. looks like a sim, like like out of a dystopian movie. That's hilarious. It's it's brutal. Um, I like it, like you just like oh my god I can't like when I was looking at the images I was like good lord like. Uh, Just that giant blue smile looming over the cardboard and siding. <laughs> like, it's just evil. It's so evil. <laughs> uh, that smile is so sinister. I can't help but see it as anything other than like, <laughs> I own you. And a Virginia family gets keys to a Habitat for Humanity's first 3D printed home in the United States. That's pretty cool. That's interesting. And it it took uh, 12 hours to build the house. Oh. Don't tell Grandpa. He'll make one. (laughs) He ended us. We got a whole bunch of uh, 3D printed stuff from our grandfather over Christmas. Like door hangers and like models that you piece together. It was insane. Well, that's kind of cool. If they can print houses. Yeah. That's kind of neat. 
I think it might have been printed with concrete or something. It said it was made with concrete, so it's not just your oh, average. It's, it's not plastic. your normal three D printer. Yeah, no, I don't think this that is was... a this is an industrial three D <laughs> yes, printer. Large, but that is that is pretty cool. And twelve hours to build a house is kind of cool too. Yeah, that is really neat. Well, think they can build subway in twelve hours? No, you got to dig. Oh. It's not print it. You can't print a hole <laughs> unless you're the roadrunner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's a tweet. From Senator Rand Paul. Recent? Uh, yes. Uh, December or December 27th. Is that today? No, today's the 28th. Okay, so yesterday. He put, How to steal an election. Seating an area heavy with potential Democratic votes with as many absentee ballots as possible. Targeting and convincing potential voters to complete them in a legally valid way. And then harvesting and counting the results. Otherwise known as doing your legal obstitution to provide ballots to voters, campaigning and convincing them that you're the right choice, telling them how to legally vote, and then count the results, or democracy. <laughs> like he just described democracy and described it as stealing an election. What? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's nonsense. Like that's what targeting and convincing potential voters to complete them in a legally valid way. Isn't that campaigning? Isn't that exactly what campaigning is? And then harvesting and counting the results. What else do you do with votes? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's, He's he probably shouldn't be him. Politics. The it's, world. It's, it's insane the things that Republicans say seriously. The problem is that, you know, we've talked about it many times, that the people that follow them believe them. Yeah. And that's not going to change because they don't listen to anybody else. Fun, though. Fun. Yeah, well, it's like I said, if they weren't an incredibly dangerous country with a huge military, it would be delightful to watch <laughs> them. They're like big, goofy children who don't know any better. I wouldn't be surprised if you told me Rand Paul doesn't have object permanence yet. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Alrighty, well, I guess that'll... Uh, oh, it's only an hour and a half. ...do it for this one, and we'll talk at you next time, but we don't know when that'll be. Yeah. Take is equal.